You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Time goes so fast, doesn't it? Where did the year go? But we've got a wonderful opportunity. We've got a whole new year ahead of us. I've entitled the message today, Reaching Forward in 2018. I'm taking my text from Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Every one of us do have a high calling in God. Amen? We would all agree that we are either going forward or falling behind. You never stand still. This is true for churches and it's true for us as individuals. It is very easy to become complacent and comfortable in church. When that happens, that's dangerous. If we stand still, everyone passes us by and we begin to fall behind. Paul believed in moving ahead. It is the only way to avoid stagnation and failure. So my first point today is let's reach forward to meet the challenges of 2018. We know there are going to be challenges. We know that everything is not going to run smoothly. But we have a God who is with us. We are called to make a difference in our world, in our world of influence. And so Jesus intends us to be salt and light in this world. In Matthew 5, 13, 16, he said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how then will it be seasoned? How will the people of Coal Lake and the Lakeland area and your friends and your neighbors who do not know the Lord at this point, how will they know if you and I are not being the salt that Jesus intended us to be? He said, if it's lost, how will it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing. If you lose your flavor, you're good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by, foot, underfoot by men. Then he goes on to say, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on, on a light stand that it gives light to all who are in the house. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are light. 
You and I are probably the only light that some people will ever see. And if that light is dim or if that light is not even showing, if we're hiding that, then some people may go to hell because you and I had an opportunity to share with them and we didn't. We have an answer to the physical and the spiritual and the moral problems that are plaguing mankind today. Just think of it. You and I, each one of us, have answers that people are asking questions for and no one can give them the answer, but you have the answer. We answer their questions living and teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because that will change hearts, it will change minds, it will change attitudes of those who live around us. Let's accept the challenge of evangelizing Coal Lake and the Lakeland area this year. Our biggest problem is that we do not make the effort. Most of us just hunker down and just are satisfied with a good service on Sunday and uh, we don't do anything else the rest of the week. Let's accept the challenge of evangelizing this area. Personal evangelism is much more effective than organized outreach. Do you know that? Personal evangelism is the most effective tool that we have in reaching the lost. We often quote this saying that if everyone won one, we would double our congregation. If that's all we did, if we just won one soul during the year, every one of us, we would double our congregation. It sounds so simple, and yet it's true. We must, yeah, of course, we must not dis disregard one method in favor of another. There are many methods of winning the lost. We know that. We know that, you know, some people are uh, prompted by the Holy Spirit probably to go and knock on doors. When the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you do it. But don't try to get the whole congregation to do the same thing. Because everyone is not suited to knock on somebody's door. And I don't know how many, how many doors you could knock on before the police would be coming to tell you to stop it today. We're living in a different age. But we still have the opportunity of sharing our faith one-on-one. -on -one. Amen? Coca-Cola can be found in almost every place in the world, in some of the re most remote places. And their motto is, think globally, but act locally. They know how to take care of each location. And so as a church, that is a good model for us to have too, isn't it? Think globally. We, we are giving to missions, places where we will never go. 
But as we give and as we pray and as we support those missionaries, that's our global outreach. But still we have to think about the next door neighbor. We still have to think about our family and our friends and our co-workers and share what God has done in our lives. And let the Lord give us the the proper way to do that, what to do and when to do it. The church needs to learn this lesson of, of, of thinking globally and acting locally. Jesus gave the pattern for evangelism for the spirit-filled believer. In Acts chapter 1, 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then... You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Both near and far, wherever we have that opportunity. This is the heart of the Great Commission. We also have the challenge of of leadership development. I have endeavored to promote this at Colette Community Church, as you know, with Lance and now with Mark. Who will lead the church in the years to come? Paul invested himself in training Timothy. And Timothy was to do the same with other faithful Christians. And this is what we always need to keep in mind, whether you're a men's leader or a women's leader or a children's leader, whatever it may be, you need to be thinking about If something should happen, if my husband or if my wife got transferred and we had to leave this church within a month, who would take over for me? This same pattern needs to be followed in every ministry of the church. Godly leaders must develop future leaders. We are commissioned to use God's word as the foundation and authority for all that we do in the church. Never allow entertainment to replace worship. We appreciate the the skill that our musicians have. But man, if they didn't have an anointing of the Holy Spirit upon their worship time, it wouldn't be the same. Place a greater emphasis on prayer this year. What God did in Gole Community Church in the past has been a direct result of the level of prayer that we have done in the church and outside of the church. And we must, by all means, keep that going. I have given you a a, a list of uh, things uh, to pray for this uh, during the next week. And uh, every one is, is an emphasis that we would place. And the first one in January the 2nd is personal reflection, confession, and repentance. This is the day that we will just take to just seek God and just come clean with God. Bear our hearts before them. Talk to him about the areas of difficulty that we have. Talk to him about the areas where we are addicted, whether it be to television or, or uh, 
games on the, on the internet or whatever it may be and saying, Lord, I want to give more time to you this year. Tell him your heart. The things that you, 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 you have said probably to someone else or to yourself, one of these days I'm going to make some changes in my life. One of these days I'm going to get closer to God. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. I'm going to read my Bible more. But the days go so fast, the months go so fast, and before you know it, another year is past. And what have you done for Jesus? What have you really done to extend the kingdom of God in Coal Lake? And so this is an opportunity for us to say, Lord, I messed up. I didn't do the things that I know I should be doing. But I want to do better in 2018. I really want to touch heaven. I really want to influence my friends, my neighbors, and my family for Jesus Christ. And Lord, I need your help. And so we go on down the list, and every day is a, is a time to to focus on a certain thing. And then we come to next Sunday evening, January the 7th. And that's a time to pray for the peace of Israel and all Jerusalem. And I want us to storm heaven that night. I want us to come together and really pour out our hearts to God. Say, Lord, what can I do? What part can I play in helping Israel to have peace. So, my second point is, let's reach forward in 2018 without fear and intimidation. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. I'm reminded of Paul's instruction to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I got a feeling that Timothy was going through some anxious moments. I got a feeling that he was being intimidated by the people around him. He was just a, a very young man. But Paul encourages him. Paul, who would go through anything, or as we say, through hell or high water, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ encourages this, this young man that he was mentoring. He says, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, power and love and a sound mind. The church needs to be moving forward with a clear vision for the future. A God-given vision, not the musings of mortal man. We need to hear from God. And when we hear, we need to obey. Let's not be afraid to set goals and to step out in faith. There is no promise that doing the Lord's work will be easy. All you got to do is read the, read the New Testament. and Read what they, what, in the epistles and in the Acts and what they had gone through for the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are obstacles and pitfalls. 
dangers to be avoided. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul tells Timothy, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And the things that you and I suffer and call persecution here in Alberta is just light afflictions to what the apostles, the early Christians suffered for Jesus Christ. And may I add what people in other countries are suffering for the Lord today. False doctrine will always be a hazard to every Bible-believing church. It's our responsibility to warn and inform one another. False doctrine has been an element of truth, has an element of truth, rather, but adds or takes away from the Word of God. Simply put, it is promoting the devil's lies as truth. And usually the promoters of these lies sincerely believe what they're teaching is true. The warnings of Jesus are sufficient for us to avoid such error, and we need to be aware of that. So that's why I'm always telling you, you've got to get into the Word, you've got to know what the Word says. Otherwise, you're going to be led astray. Matthew chapter 7, 15 and 16. Be aware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. See, the Lord don't just give us something and then now what shall we do? How are we going to know? You know them by their fruit. What kind of a motives do they have? What kind of a life are they living? Matthew chapter 7, 22 and 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Cast out demons in your name. And done many wonders in your name. You notice, all of these things they did in the name of the Lord. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Paul's warning to the Ephesian church in Acts chapter 20, uh, 29 to 30. He says, I know this. He's talking to the Ephesian church in Acts. And he says, I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. In Revelation 2, 1 and 7, we have Jesus giving John a message for this same church, the Ephesian church. They had already left their first love by now. He commended them for rejecting heresy, teachings of the Nicolaitans. They hated that teaching, and Jesus said that he hated it also. 
Revelations 2, 12 to 17, he rebukes the Pergamos church for embracing this same false doctrine. And again, Jesus says that he hates it. So false doctrine is nothing new. It always needs to be, we always need to be watchful of anything contrary to the word of God. It's the little foxes, the Songs of Solomon 2.15 says, the little foxes spoil the vines. And sometimes we think, well, you know, this is not too bad, you know, it's not affecting anything, I don't think. But let's be true to the word of God. Let's not be afraid to point out when something is being said, and I don't care, I'm not, a, I'm not worried about you, coming up to me and telling me, Pastor, you said this, but the Bible says this. If you can put me straight on something, great. I'm willing to be straightened out any time, day or night. Amen? But we need to go by the word of God. And if some way we're twisting something, God forgive us and help us to get right and make it right. The way we identify false doctrine is to know the truth. It's the only way. The truth. Study the word of God and you will recognize a lie when you see it. Amen? They tell me that experts spend very little time observing counterfeit money. They continuously study and handle real money and this helps them to identify the counterfeit. So when you handle the truth, when you, when you dig into the word of God, when you read it and study it, and don't rely on people to tell you what it means. Get into it for yourself. The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that speaks to me, will speak to you, will reveal the truth to you. There's a lot of things that people can say that I really, you know, it sounds so good. I don't know how many times I've been preparing a message and I remember something that was taught to me many years ago and I'm ready to put it in and, oh, Lord, thank you, this is good. But then I got to, well, now, is this really what the Bible says? And when I start looking into the Word, I realize I can't use that. That's not truth. That's just man's idea. That's not what God's word says. And so if a pastor who is preparing a message to deliver on a Sunday morning can be fooled by something that somebody else says, so can you. I'm just as smart as you are. Amen? Come on now. So the same principle can be, uh, can be applied for identifying false doctrine. You use the word of God. Focus on the truth of the word. Emotional, spiritual experiences without a solid grounding of the word of God can lead you down a dark path that no person should ever want to go. We can't go by emotions, folks. It's great when, when the truth of the word stirs your emotions. 
Don't, don't let your emotions govern what you believe. Believe the word. Satan has a counterfeit. And to the flesh it looks real. Familiarize yourself with the truth and you will be, easy, you'll be able to easily spot the false. The Bible is our source book. All of your videos and all of your tapes and all of your books do not override the Bible. And what I have found in Christian circles is we find somebody who they're very elegant in the word and they're very elegant in, 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 uh, in uh, writing and, and, and speaking. And they say a lot of good things. And when they say something wrong, we swallow it hook, line, and sinker because that person can do nothing wrong. That man is a powerful man of God. That woman is a powerful woman of God, so she wouldn't say nothing wrong. But we're all fallible people. We all make mistakes. I'm telling you this today to set us on a right path for 2018. And really what I'm saying is this. Get into the Word. Know what the Word of God says. There are so many winds of doctrine that are blowing around today. But you've got to know what the Word of God says. The only way you're going to know the Word of God is to read it for yourself. Amen? The Bible is our source book of truth. Follow the teachings of your Bible. And you will be an overcomer in 2018. Thirdly, let's reach forward in unity in every area of our lives this year. There's an old union slogan that says, united we stand and divided we fall. No one seems to know who said this first, but it fits the biblical principle. We need to be united in purpose. Division among brethren has plagued the church since shortly after it began. In Romans 16, 17 and 18, uh, reading from the New Living Translation, and now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interest. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other, let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. You see, the church, even in the early days, were going through these kind of things. Discord was even showing up during communion services. Nothing 
physical or spiritual can be accomplished where there's disunity. We've got to be united. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 25 and 26 in the New Living Translation, says, Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, Any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed or divided against itself. A town or a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. If Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. Division will destroy every effort, regardless of its merit. It has destroyed churches and set back the Lord's work for years. I would say that most of you know of churches that has been destroyed by division. It has discouraged many Christians, young in the faith. And usually it's the young Christians that become the casualty of those quarrels. Because they look at it and they say, well, this is Christianity. I'm on the wrong ship. Many loved ones have walked away from the Lord and are not serving God today simply because people in the church have allowed and taken up offenses of others and allowed the church to be destroyed and the Christian witness in the community to be destroyed. If the few saints that remain wander in a spiritual wilderness, many times, sometimes for years, before there's ever anything that rises from the ashes. The only way out is forgiveness and repentance. And if you are harboring something in your heart against anyone, anyone, doesn't mean, doesn't matter if they belong to this church or not. It may be a family member. I don't care where it is. If you're harboring unforgiveness, forgive. Repent of it and forgive and start living right. Because you're doing damage to your soul. You're doing damage to the people around you. You're affecting the lives of some who may never come to Christ because of your actions. If you do not forgive and repent, you will die in that wilderness. You will continue to, if you continue to harbor bitterness and strife, you will die in that wilderness, just like the children of Israel did. Church unity is a determining factor in the world's acceptance of Jesus Christ. Not only do we need to be united in evangelism, we need to win the lost at any cost. We must be united in prayer. That brings me to the fourth point, reaching forward in prayer 
and fasting in 2018. Jesus prayed specifically that his church would be united. John chapter 17, 2021. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for those who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me and I am in the Father, may they be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. A united effort in prayer and fasting has a mountain-moving potential in the spiritual realm of the kingdom of God. It activates the exceeding abundant more than we can ask or think. Unity in prayer. Fasting helps us to focus on God and get rid of the clutter in our lives. Fasting and prayer are Bible-based disciplines that are appropriate for all believers of every generation. A fast can be as short as one meal a day or every meal over many days. Medical conditions will also determine how we fast. But even with medical conditions, we can do something. We can cut back some. There's always something that we can do to proclaim before the Lord that, Lord, I mean business with you. When you give, when you pray, when you fast, Jesus said, these are the great expectations of the Bible. The scriptures teach us to fast and pray when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Not if, when. Jesus fasted and prayed. Jesus' disciples fasted and prayed after the resurrection. The followers of John the Baptist fasted and prayed. The early church Christians fasted and prayed. Never make your prayer and fasting to be a religious thing. It's not religious. It's not religion. It's considering some issues that need attention to and saying, Lord, I need your help and I need to to just shut myself in with you and get closer to you. And these disciplines help that. Jesus warns about having a a Pharisee attitude towards prayer and fasting. The Pharisee said, I'm glad that I'm not like this sinner. I fast so many times a day. I give to the poor. I tithe. Somehow I'm better than other Christians. No, I'm not. We're all alike. We've all got the same struggles. And we're all here today and we're saying, 
I wouldn't like for someone to know the thoughts that I've had. I wouldn't like for people to know what I've been doing. I wouldn't want my life to be an open book before this congregation. But guess what? My life is an open book before God. He knows everything about me. He knows my actions. He knows my motives. He knows my thoughts. Everything. And still he loves me. Still he wants me to be involved in his work. He wants me to pray. He wants me to fast. He wants me to be concerned about the lost. Wants me to be concerned about Coal Lake and the Lakeland area. Fasting and prayer positions us for breakthrough. You want breakthrough in your life. You want breakthrough in your finances. You want breakthrough in your health. You want breakthrough in your relationships. Maybe you need to do some fasting and prayer. That breakthrough, too, might be in the realm of the Spirit. For you or for the church or for our community. It may be in the realm of our emotions or personal habits and addictions. It may be practical areas of life such as relationships and finances But whatever it may be, that breakthrough through can come as we position ourselves before God. Periods of fasting and prayer produce great spiritual results. What seemed impossible suddenly becomes a reality. A broken relationship is miraculously restored to a loving relationship. That comes through prayer. And fasting. Prodigal sons and daughters return home physically and spiritually. It's happening all the time. People won't give up. Christians won't give up. They get before God. They pray. They begin to read their Bible more. They begin to pray more. They begin to believe more. Then one day, That situation that caused many heartaches, many pains, many tears is resolved. And they can say, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad I held on. Incurable disease is completely healed. God is still in the healing business. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Spiritually dead congregations come alive. All of a sudden, they want to roll up their sleeves and say, what can I do? I want to help. I want to be a part of this. There's a fresh vision for winning the loss to Jesus. 
There's a renewed hunger to study and learn from God's word. Uh, musicians, you can come now. There's a renewed desire to trust and obey the Lord in everything. Let's determine that we will move forward into the future as a unified body of believers. Let's determine that we will do all within our power to avoid the damage of division. Let's be united. Let's be close. There are two principles related to prayer and fasting in the Bible. First, biblical fasting is going without food. That's biblical fasting, okay? Second, biblical fasting is combined with seasons of prayer. Seasons of prayer. It involves our hearts and how we relate to God and trust Him. So I would suggest that if you can, try to fast a meal, at least a meal a day. Choose which one it will be and pray during that time. And take this little sheet of paper for January the 1st, center on yourself, your relationship with God. And then on January the 3rd, We'll center in on church ministries and staff and leadership. January the 4th, our city, our province, our nation, and our leaders. January the 5th, for revival and for the youth. January the 6th, thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God for all that he has done, but thanking him for what he's going to do this year, for the promises of his word that are yes and amen to those who believe. And then praying for Israel, because you know something? Those who pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for Israel will be blessed. I want blessing. I want to experience all that God has for me. I want to experience all that God has for this congregation and for the people that we influence. And I pray and I trust Trust that this is your prayer too. Let's be about our Father's business. And when we come into this place, let's lift up holy hands. Let's consider this holy ground. Realize that we've come in one place as one people to worship and adore our wonderful Lord. I've asked Gordy to sing again. How great thou art, stand with me, and let's worship him as we close this service today. And if you're here, you need any kind of prayer, you come. We'll be glad to pray with you before you go today. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. 
Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.